you, one of our regular students for Self-Improvement Wednesday. Each week you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, Bloodlust for Conservation. Your teacher is Dr Jodie Rowley, Curator of Amphibian and Reptile Conservation Biology at the Australian Museum. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, this is a great story about you guys recruiting some animal helpers into a task which you weren't really able to achieve yourself. Exactly. Well, finding frogs is often really, really hard. Sometimes it's easy if they're out and about and they're calling, but a lot of frogs are really secretive, really rare, and really, really hard to detect, you know, when you're going through the vegetation in a swamp trying to find a needle in a haystack. So we actually recruited something that spends its life searching for frogs. And, and maybe does it better than the humans do. Look, let's get to the midges in, in a second. I suppose it's important to understand first why it's so necessary for you to know what frogs are out there. Frogs are one of the most threatened groups of animals on the planet. And so it's really important to figure out what we have. In Australia, we've got a lot of missing species and around the world, missing frog species. And we don't know if, if they're now extinct or if they're one of the most urgent sort of conservation things that we need to figure out what we've got. Um, and I've spent a lot of the last uh, four or five years up on the New England tablelands of New South Wales in search of a tiny little frog called the peppered tree frog. And it was only known sort of in the, in the 70s and 80s, found around in sort of rocky streams, this tiny two-centimetre frog. And um, we've been searching and searching because we want to know if this frog is unfortunately extinct or if it persists out there. And in the process, we have just rediscovered another frog, uh, the Burlong frog that was previously missing from that area, but we're still hunting for the peppered tree frog. And, and that gave my colleague, uh, Timothy Katea, the idea. I wonder, could there be other ways and maybe more effective ways that we could try and find these really rare species of frog and know whether they're extinct or not? Now, there's a eureka moment, isn't it? Because you're watching some frogs, ones that have been discovered, and you see that they've got lots of midges on them. Yeah, so a lot of people, and, you know, I didn't and for a very long time realise uh, that there are things like mosquitoes, including mosquitoes and, and frog-biting midges, that hunt down frogs, um, often by their calls. So some of them are really attracted to the noises frogs make, but maybe, maybe maybe not just that. And they suck the frog's blood, just like mosquitoes and fleas and things suck our blood. Uh, and so it gave Tim the idea, what if we could actually attract these little midges and by playing the calls of frogs from speakers, you get all these tiny little frog flies coming to traps and then we can investigate what frog species they have been eating by looking at the DNA in their guts. So we might find the DNA of the missing frog. Well, that's the hope. So this was all a, a big test to see if this invertebrate-derived DNA, or it's it's got the funky name iDNA, was a method that we could use to survey for these missing or rare frog species. So uh, Tim went out into the field up at Barrington Tops and he put out these frog fly traps. And then at the same time, he conducted normal frog surveys, which are usually mm -hmm. walking along a stream, listening and hearing and, and seeing what frogs were around. Then taking these, these flies, looking for ones that look like they had sort of a blood, um, in their abdomens, like you can see mosquitoes sometimes when you know that they've got you. Um, and sequencing the DNA back at the Australian Museum and hoping that there might be frogs in, in the DNA. You might get frog DNA. 
Okay, but they're, they're, this, I love these moments of science because you've gone through this enormous effort. You've set up the traps. You've played frog, <laughs> frog calling sounds. The midges of Julie come. You've caught them. You've transported them back to Sydney. You've extracted the blood. You've found... And, and then there's this moment. Well, what does the... Is this wacky theory going to be proved right? So what happens? Well, uh, it was actually, I, I remember we got the sequences back. Um, so we knew there was something in the, in the frog to start off, uh, some, so something in the DNA. So we got some DNA back, but what was it? Um, and so then you get it back and you compare it to all the frogs that are known from the area and see what it is. And I actually remember getting these really excited text messages in the morning because one of the first things that Tim found was he detected a frog by its DNA in these midges that he had not seen or heard during these surveys, this Davies tree frog. And so I remember just getting this really excited message with lots of um, emoticons of smiley faces and being really excited. So it was just this moment of discovery. So realising that actually these flies had found a frog um, that we had not detected at all along these streams, a rare and threatened frog that we vitally need to know where it is. And so actually by finding these flies, we found a frog that we would not have otherwise known was there. I hate to say this, Jodie, but they're better at your job than you are. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm out of it. (laughs) Why are they so... I mean, I guess, you know, we've got to now try to understand why they're so good at locating frogs. Yeah, so we we do know that they are attracted to calls, but we don't know a lot about them. And in Australia, there's probably a whole lot of species that are undescribed as well. Not many people have been studying these frog flies in Australia and other parts of the world. They have a little bit more, um, but there is a lot to do. So Tim's working to see if different kinds of calls attract different kind of species. Um, maybe if we, you know, really want to target that rare species, if we know it's call and we play that call, we might actually get these frogs that, you know, have evolved for thousands of thousands of years to this little little call and, and, and we hope that maybe we'll be able to get this needle in a haystack. I mean, if we've got these army of frog-biting insects out there scouring for frogs and we can just survey them, it might be the way that we're going to find these missing frogs and hopefully rediscover uh, species that we think might be extinct now. The staff of the Australian Museum just went up by, you know, 100,000%. A vast army of field officers have been suddenly recruited. How wide is the range of the midge? If, if we find this, uh, the, the Davies frog DNA in a particular midge, does that mean it's within 10 kilometres of the capture zone or, or what? Yeah, we suspect that the frogs are pretty close. They're tiny little flies and they tend to hang out in the sort of moist, dark areas around wetter streams in particular, but we just don't know. So there's a lot of questions we need to ask. Uh, one of them is how far away could that be? Could they be in other streams that we didn't survey? Um, another question is how long can their blood meal persist in their stomachs? So before they digest it, we no longer detect the frogs. Um, so it's a really exciting field of research. And this is the first study that's actually used iDNA as a study to to find frogs. There has been some work using leeches, for example, to survey mammals in Asia, um, and that was one of the things that gave Tim the idea, I wonder if we could use parasites to, to study animals because you can use leeches um, to, to study mammals. Yeah, but a real, another first for Australian science, a clever idea. Tell us finally about the Davies tree frog, this rare species that you've discovered is, is in this area. What's so special about it? 
Uh, it, it's part of a, a group of frogs that actually really declined a lot several decades ago. So uh, a lovely frog that breeds in quite cool spring months still. Uh, there's a there's a photo on on the blog that you'll link, um, but it's golden and green um, and. And after the beginning part of the spring, it's almost, it's very, very difficult to find. It's in very complicated habitat, um, but it's undergone significant declines. Um, and so it's really, really important to understand where it is. And I've only ever seen one in my life. So we detected more using iDNA, using these little mm-hmm. frog biting midges than I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> We're back to them doing a better job than you, Jodie. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, what, do we know what the frog sounds like? Um, it's oh, I'm not very good at this one. If you download the Frog ID app, you'll be able to listen to the call, but it's a little sort of a grunting. Um, yeah, it's not quite like that. You, I didn't do it justice. <laughs> but, 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 but again, you'd be able to use that sound effect to try to, to, try to attract the midges who in turn are attracted to it. Yes, yeah, certainly. And, and maybe they're not so fussy. So maybe if you play uh, different frog calls, you, you might get a, a whole bunch of, of frogs. And Tim actually only played two different frog calls, uh, the stuttering frog and the mountain tree frog and managed to attract a whole bunch. We surveyed um, and detected a whole lot of frogs using uh, iDNA as well. So we've got to try and figure out exactly how specific these little mm. guys are at targeting their hosts. All right. What a terrific idea. Hey, Jodie, very nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is that Jodie Rowley with another Self-Improvement Wednesday. You can listen again to her lesson online, abc.net.au slash Sydney. Uh, Jody is Curator of Amphibian and Reptile Conservation Biology at the Australian Museum. Next week, a lesson from Dr Brett Summerall, Chief Botanist at the Royal Botanic Garden. That is Self-Improvement Wednesday next week. Music.